Page 90. Page 90.
So, hi everybody! Hey, Brian! Hey, Brian! Hey, Brian. Just making sure, just making sure we still have it. Uh, y'all get a song. We don't let y'all pick it up. So, y'all pick out a song. We're going to go Lord in prayer and we're going to uh, just mind the Lord, let them maybe pick us a song. We've got the kazoo over here. So, we've uh, got the whole band. It's good to be in God's house tonight. Good to just uh, come back and praise Him one more time. Uh, that song said, "Because He lives, I can face tomorrow." And there's really a lot of truth in that. We sing those words, and we don't think about what it's really saying. Because of God, and because of the life that Jesus lived, we can live tomorrow. And I'm thankful for that. So we want to praise Him tonight for it. Uh, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer and ask his help in the service. If God gives you something to do, just do it. It'll be all right. Pray for Alex. He has the first part tonight. And then you just pray that God give you something to do. Anybody have a prayer request? If not, let's continue to remember one another. We would just be obedient to God. He'd continue to grow us and use us. Remember those that are sick. 
those recovering from this virus. So many people we come in contact with on our jobs and people need the Lord today. And we just need to remember them. Let's remember the lost, those people we know that don't have a professed relationship with Jesus Christ. But they've come to know Jesus before it's too late. And uh, again, let's remember one another. And we just continue to encourage one another. Uh, you ain't got nothing else to pray for. Pray for the men's conference coming up a week and a half away. Um, that God would use it to grow those that would be a part of that. If you can't be a part of it or not be a part of it, we ask you to pray. And uh, maybe we'll do something that will please God, not us. Anybody else? If not, well, John. You lead us as we pray. You got a song or something else? Or just go ahead and get ready.
Anybody else got a song? He so. said no, I said yes. Amen. So we've not practiced this, so y'all. That sounds like it ought to be a song. <laughs> Probably is a country song. You say your name. Sure. On heaven's bright shore, I'll be your daddy. I think it didn't even feel like that name. I'll sing that.
So anyways, the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, verses 13 and 14, this is Solomon speaking. He says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And so the, the book of Ecclesiastes is, um, if you ever hear the, the phrase, um, vanity of vanities. That's from the book of Ecclesiastes. Basically Solomon went through and he tried everything the world had to offer and found that this wasn't good and this wasn't good and this wasn't good. And right at the end of the book he sums it all up with the only thing that is good. So he says let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. And duty there is, um, is italicized very important word to Solomon there. He, he put emphasis on the word duty there, that fearing God and keeping his commandments was the duty of man. And I think he emphasizes that because he shows throughout the whole book that everything else, if you haven't read the book of Ecclesiastes, I urge you to go and read it. It's a really good book of the Bible that Solomon looked over, I think. But um, he, he goes through all the things that the world has to offer and shows that each one of them has this wrong with it or that wrong with it or it doesn't fulfill in this way or it doesn't fulfill in that way. And he eventually comes around to the point that the only thing that is fulfilling is God. And then my other scriptures have um, you don't have to these because I'll just read them. Colossians 3.23 and 1 Thessalonians 5.23-24 The 1 Thessalonians 5 um, 23 and 24 is probably one of my favorite sets of verses. I've read it a whole lot recently. And it says um, in the 23rd verse, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. And then in Colossians 3, 23, and I have, I have mom to thank for this one. She brought this one out the other day, and I'll explain that in a second. 
Colossians 3.23 says, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord, not unto men. And the 24th verse, Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. So, for one thing, I'm, I'm very thankful to have parents who would who quote the scripture to me when I need it. You can, you can probably ask mom, I sometimes, or dad, I need setting straight a whole lot. And she read that verse to me the other day and it really struck me how important it was. And so I looked at these three verses um, yesterday um, and I knew that they were the three verses or sets of verses that I needed to read and I had no clue what they meant. So I went and prayed about it and God gave me confirmation that those were the three verses. So I asked what they had to do with anything and I, as of yesterday, had no correlation whatsoever, period. It didn't make any sense to me. But just this afternoon, like right before getting here, what was important about them really came out to me. They all have the same, um, the same general pattern. It's a set of two verses. The first verse is do this, and the second verse is because God. In both, in all the cases, in Ecclesiastes it says, "Fear God and keep His commandments, because God's going to judge your works." Thessalonians says. Um, um, allow God to sanctify you and preserve your body blameless because God is faithful and is going to do it in you. And then in the Colossians it says, um, do everything with, um, it says to, let's see, where is that at? Uh, do everything heartily as to the Lord because your rewards come from God, because God is the one who gives the rewards. And I noticed that each three of those also answer to three specific aspects of God. One to his his righteousness, his holiness, that being in Ecclesiastes, fearing God and keeping his commandments. In Thessalonians, referring to God's faithfulness to do what he said he would do. And in Colossians, to giving praise and thanksgiving to God because God is deserving and holy. And so all three of these things I know are things that have to be applied daily to our lives. We have to fear God keep his commandments and then we also have to have to the, the verse before 23 says abstain from all appearance of evil and the very God of peace sanctify you holy I don't normally read that before that but I believe that's important because it's the and is referring to that previous verse abstain from all appearance of evil and the very God of peace it's supposed to be in our will sanctify you holy and so each of these verses, I feel like, is a, a call to action to do this in your daily life because God is wanting to or will do this. And so I like those three verses because they're very practical. And they're very applicable to life. Like life can be very overwhelming sometimes, I'm starting to learn. And um, it's a lot easier when I know that I've got a God that I can trust and who lays out very particular instructions. If you'll do this, I'll do this. That's all I have. <laughs> Thank you, Bailey. I got anything you need to say or do tonight?
emotional say that I love the Lord. I'm glad to be here tonight. Amen. Seems like today, all day, I've just been thanking Him. I don't know yeah. what it is, but I've just been, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. And I've just been thankful for everything He's done for me today. And everything He lets me feel and just everything He gives me. Amen. I'm thankful for the Lord, and I'm thankful for His Word. I'm thankful for you reading that Word. Yeah. Those are some words that I hung about my neck. Yeah. That's wisdom. You know, in Ecclesiastes, you tell me, but hey, that's wisdom about thy neck. Yeah. And those are words that, that penetrate my heart a lot of times in the things that I do. Anything that I do, I try to do it or do it in the Lord. Amen. It's got so much more meaning then. Yeah. And uh, even playing music. I remember one time telling him, the Lord, he said, you'll just let me play the banjo because I wanted to play it so bad. And I couldn't figure it out. I said, you just let me play the banjo. You know, I'll play for you. I'll That's play right. for you and do it for you. And I, I always try to find myself doing that. But I'm thankful for that word. Amen. It's, it's so important to shape our lives. And uh, it's just, it shapes it in a successful way. That's it right. It really does. It's not... Nothing in there tells you to do something that turns out bad. That's right. It turns out good. He cares about us so much to give us the instruction manual to life. Amen. And not just a regular life, but an abundant life. That's when right. Christ came, he said, I came to give life. And give, give it more abundant. Amen. But, but sometimes, you know, we reject that. That's I'm right. so thankful that I chose that path years and years and years ago to take that word and to use it to shape my life. Amen. Every which way. Um, you know, he said, acknowledge the Lord in all thy ways and he will direct thy paths. That's right. And some of them scriptures I, hit me all the time. You know, <laughs> I'm just thankful for his word. Amen. Thankful for that. Thankful for the living word. That's thankful right. For Jesus Christ. Thankful for that written word. That's right. You know, he speaks to us through his word. And it's, you know, you have to get in there to, to hear, hear that speak. Amen. So thankful for that. Thankful for you, Alex, for reading that. Word, Somebody else. When I was at the car accident with Crystal, she came all the time. She told me more than once, she said, uh, why God like to see you? You go through this and came off it. You should have died in this holy Bible. And I told her she was so sick to me because no matter what she had me go through, she always looked at God. And I'm thankful, like what Matt said, I'm thankful for his word. And I haven't had a problem where the word didn't get in me. Somebody else. I like the book of Ecclesiastes, and Alex said it. A lot of people overlook it a lot. Yes. You start reading the very beginning of it. It seems like it's kind of like a like a gloomy, kind of dark book. Yeah. Uh, but Christ said that. What does it profit a man if you gain the whole world and lose his soul? That's right. But Christ said, if you get you get into reading Ecclesiastes, you'll find that what Alex said is 100% true. Uh, you'll find that he tried everything he possibly could to find something that would fill the void that was in him. And I feel like a lot of people nowadays, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to find something that makes them happy. And when the thing that they think they found ceases to satisfy, they move on to the next thing. Yeah. And a lot of people spend their whole lives 
trying to figure out something that'll make them happy. That's right. Uh, when, when we got the one that'll get us, like Matt said, an abundance of life, an abundance of happiness, I'm thankful for the word there. I, I like that. I, I like the book of Ecclesiastes. You can dig in and, and, and get through uh, the beginning, uh, the mournful, kind of sorrowful part of the book, and just really let God show you what he was trying to show us there. It's a really good book to read. You're liable to find yourself in the book of Ecclesiastes. You're, you're liable to find that some of the things that he tried lines up with some things that the flesh would have and would desire. There's some things in there that you should look at. Anybody else? I'm sorry, I love the Lord. Every day at work, I'm putting my earbuds in and I'm listening to the word um today and yesterday it's been on mark and right now i'm in mark 15 which is christ going to be crucified and it really hit me today on 15 chapter 15 verse 16 it says and the soldiers led him away into the hall called pre preatorium and they called him together, the whole band, and they clothed him with purple and patted a crown of thorns and put it about his head, and they began to salute him, Hail the king of Jews. And they smote him on the head with a reed and spit upon him and bowing, bowing, their, knee, bowing their knees worship him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him and put his own clothes on him and led him to be crucified. And it goes on saying more, you know, we all know the story of him being crucified. You know, it's 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 very sad thing. You know, but you know, the more I, I I think about this, the more I think, you know, I've said it before, is that that could have been us. You know, we could have been the ones either mocking him, we could have been the ones poking that prod in the side. Who knows? We could have been the ones right there next to him mm-hmm. on that cross, not the one who said, you know, that he is a Jew. He could have been that other one who never accepted him. But I mean, yeah, it just, you know, it just really hit me hard in Mark right now that, you know, we are so unworthy. I mean, we take a lot of things for granted. We was on our way to church, and Lexi had went to Walmart with Megan yesterday because. Her winning or getting seventh place, so I told her to go get her something. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, she said something that really hit her was seeing a girl in a wheelchair. And what was it? It was a, a hoverboard. Mm-hmm. You know, we take our legs for granted. Mm-hmm. I mean, we take whatever we are able to do for granted. Yeah. Some people don't have two working legs. That's right. Two working eyes, two working hands, yeah. or just even a working mouth or ears. Right. I mean, we take a lot of things for granted, but most of all, we take for granted is Jesus. Amen. But I'm just so thankful, that, uh, despite my unworthiness, that He He just deemed me fit worthy enough. Amen. Amen. Anybody else?
One thing the devil does do is make us feel like we are alone, but we're, we're really not. That's exactly true. Surrounded by hundreds of people and you still feel alone. That good how the Lord does stuff, man. He is so good. Megan, would you do me a favor? Mm -hmm. Would you move over, maybe sit behind Miss Kim? All of you are really kind of grouped. Now she'll have to turn around and talk to the one behind you. I'm going to give you something interactive to do with the person sitting next to you. 
If you're three of you, y'all can talk about this. I'm gonna give you something to talk about. And the Lord really, he put things, I, like Alex didn't talk to me and say, hey, I'm gonna read these three scriptures. And he didn't tell me that ahead of time. And I didn't pay Matt to say what he said about the word. And I didn't tell Keisha to say what she said. But you're going to see how the Lord just is awesome. He is so good to us, y'all. He speaks so clearly if we just listen to him. And so I'm thankful for that. Book of James, the first chapter. The 22nd verse. It's very, very y'all know this verse says, but be ye doers of the word. That sounds like what Keisha said. It's kind of like what Matt was talking about, how precious is the word. and Everything that Alex read had to do with what we are to do. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So the first assignment that you have, I'll give you a few moments, is I'd like for, and this ain't just one person, so so that means that Josh has to tell Sharon his thoughts, and then Sharon has to tell Josh. And if there's three of you, then all three of you got to talk. So that's pretty easy. What does it mean to you to be a doer of the word? That scripture tells us, be ye. Right? Well, that has us. Doers of the word. Well, if I'm going to be as the Lord told me to be, then I have an understanding of what I think that means. So, real quickly, share with the person beside you, what does it mean to you to be a doer of the word? That's a pretty simple assignment. All right, go ahead. Tell. Tell. What's it mean to be a doer of the word? We're on the same page. I mean, not only that, I mean, it's just we never know whose life we're going to impact if we don't do what is it. You know, we could easily keep our mouth shut, as I've said before. You know, if we don't speak up and do what we should do, we won't, we won't be able to help that one person. Like the guy I've told you, he said, how can I love, how can the person, how can you love everyone and, and you know, not and your ones who close to not know it because you show that and by just by being you that could be something to help somebody along who knows maybe that me speaking up to him that day could have helped him because he knows what i'm talking about now he knows that you can love everybody so that's that's what my thing like you said i think that's one thing that being doers of the word means is that we should we should speak up when we when we think we should when we should do what we know it's Hard to do sometimes. Right, we're, we're, we're done. I can come over and talk to you. You're all alone. Oh, you, 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 okay. I thought you, I didn't know you. Well, I didn't know that little boy was was talking back to you. I'm sorry. She was talking back to me. She was. I heard and she said, "Okay." Yeah. Hey, hey, Mr. Matter of fact, he started talking to me earlier this morning about Mr. Three. There's five of us. Your turn. 
But you didn't talk to us. That's what you said. It's about to happen. That's what you said. I'm picking on him. <laughs> All right. When you're finished, you can look back up this way. If you're still working on it, keep going. I'm not cutting you off. Do you want to do a thumbs up method? Huh? That's what I do to my kids. Hands in the air. Today, 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 I saw I saw a thumbs up. I saw a pencil in there, and the first time I ever saw eyes up. That was about everyone of kids looking at the ceiling. Today I had uh, whiteboards up. Who actually, besides the Thomas clan, wears their mask properly and actually covers their noses? Okay. Alright, I think we're oh no Matt's going. Matt Matt was giving a very well detailed explanation. Okay. Okay, alright, so so there was a lot of discussion there, so I'm gonna give you an opportunity. Anybody want to share what your thought was Ansley on? Does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ansel, what does it mean to be a doer of the word? It means to listen to what God has told you to do in the moment and anticipate doing the Okay. She talked about doing what God says in the moment and then doing what he says to do. Anybody else want to add to that? John? Uh, kind of like what we did when we got ministry and tell people about the Lord, you know, and to honor the Lord. You know, the Bible tells us about anything, you know, about what we should do and what we shouldn't do. And, you know, okay. Tell people about the Lord and try to hopefully they, they turn and not do it. Okay. Talked about ministering to people, which is a direct command from the Word of God to, to share the gospel. And then he, he had a key word there. Every time. I can't catch that very eloquent. Every time. Every time. Okay. Go come, come back to that every time in just a moment. Anybody else want to share? Anybody else? Sharing your testimony with others. Sharing your testimony. That's from the Word. Anybody else? Okay. It's doing. Okay. That's really, really, really. That's on the second part of that verse, which says, "and but not to be hearers only." We'll talk about that in just a moment. So, uh, anybody else? I don't want to cut nobody off. Okay. Do the word again. There's my A plus student. There you are. I knew it. I knew it. So. Absolutely. Right? And you can pay for it. Go, little Sagers. All right, so to be a doer of the word, you got to know the word. Did anybody find, when I say define being a doer of the word, find yourself kind of going on? Did, did you say what could be this? And then it, it's also this. And and then they some of that, you know, to be a doer of the word, you got you got the witness and you you got the living under God's command and the spirits moving and you you have well, there's a lot to do. Right? Be ye doers of the word. And I found myself this morning driving down the road and I was listening to a CD uh, and 
And that phrase, a doer of the word, come through, and it just hit me. Just, just hit me right between the eyes because uh, to be a doer of the word, I got to know the word. But most of the time, I'm focused on the doer. When I hear that scripture, I get hung up on the doer, the actions, the deeds, which are exceptionally important. Don't, don't, don't take me wrong. But the most important phrase, uh, the most important word in that phrase is the word. Because the word far outweighs me, the doer. So the emphasis we ought to put on the word, I'm going to come back to that in just a minute from the scripture. I'm going to show it to you. But before we get there, I want us to finish this phrase out. What does it mean then, turn to your partner and talk, to be a hearer only? What does that mean? Because we're not supposed to do that. What does it mean, turn to your partner, <coughs> turn to your partner, and define hearer only? Go. <laughs> to listen more than we speak. <laughs> to hear his still small voice. So basically, to listen. <laughs> Got anything to add to that? <laughs> Y'all was quick in the back. They're like, we're going to first this time. <laughs> That's not true because I just heard what he said and I said something. Like most people finish it up except for Alex. That's not a surprise. Amen. Amen. All right. Anybody want to give me their definition of a hearer only? To listen more than we speak. To be a hearer only, to listen more than we speak. Pretty much just listening to what the preacher says, but not never really knowing the word. And you can sit here back here and listen to you all day, but if you don't really know the word, then you don't know what he's talking about. Okay. To come in and listen to you preach and then go outside and not use it in our lives. Okay. So a wind tunnel, okay. Yeah. To know what you're supposed to do but not do it. To know but not do it. To warm the bench. To warm the bench. Do you want to tell us the lived experience? <laughs> I guess to be a, just to be a hearer of the word is, I guess it's said no. You know to do better, but you take no action to do it. Lazy. Here and it doesn't convict you. Anybody else? Let the word change your mind to initial change your heart or your actions. Anybody else? Come on, lay close to it, Bailey. What if you hear it but don't share it? Hearing it but don't share it? Anybody else? Listening but being focused on something else? 
go ahead to yours. Okay. So does it go in? Does it sink in? Anybody else? Anybody? All right, and we're going to let the Word define this one. I'm not going to define this. I'm going to let the Word define it because, because I, we may have missed it. That's what Levi said. We got it wrong. Let's see what it is. Verse 23, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass, like a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. What does that mean? You look at yourself in the mirror and you study your face. And then when you leave that mirror, you walk away, do you really know what you look like? Did we talk to them? Hold on, I don't know if he was asking us to talk to I'm not asking, I'm just, I'm, I'm just pointing out what it says. It says, we look in the mirror, we look at it closely, and we just study it. And then we walk away from it, and we don't remember what our face looked like. Can any of you picture your own face right now? Vaguely. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's cheating. That's cheating. I can't help it. My face is over yonder. Yeah, that's smart. Right. So the reality is, is you may have some kind of understanding of what you look like, but you can't probably define exactly what your face looks like without going back to the mirror and describing it. You might can give some attributes, but you don't know exactly, right? So let's apply that to the scripture. It says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he can't remember. He forgets what manner of man he was. Y'all got that? He, he, he forgets, he can't remember. So I'm going to take this scripture deeper than probably it's been taken. And it's not because Brian's smart. It's because the Lord is. And he, he got a hold of me about this scripture. This is way more than what we give it credit for. What we normally give it credit for is exactly what y'all just find. And I'm not, uh, I'm not mad. I had the same definition that you had. That a hearer of the word was somebody that heard it but then didn't do anything with it. But that's not really the case. It is partly true. It is part of the answer, but it's not the complete answer. Because it's much more than that. Because when you go out into this world and you live, you're on your job, doing your job, you're not going to live godly. You're not going to be a doer of the word. Not because, not because you're just defiant. You don't even remember how a godly person should act. Says it for he forgets what manner of man he was. This scripture is really pushing us to do a whole lot more than just listen to the word and then go do it. It's pushing farther than that. And I want I want I want you to see this with me. Look look in the scripture at verse twenty five. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Let's stop right there. Whosoever looketh 
into the perfect law of liberty. Well, law, we know when you usually in the word, when you read the word law, you're talking about the Old Testament. You're talking about the guidelines that God gives. But here it is the law of liberty. So the law that set us free is Jesus Christ. It is the living word. The law of liberty, in this case, is Christ, the living word, as written in his word. Carry on with me. So who looketh into the perfect law of liberty? In other words, all the things that you said, the scripture that Alex read, that give us just instructions and things to do. He who looks at it and continueth therein. Now, what does that mean? Continueth therein. Continueth therein. So, for me to continue therein, I must stay in the Word. Y'all may be much better people than I am. I really don't know. I don't. It's when you're the Lord, right? And some of y'all have may may really have minds that are so sharp that you've just grasped a hold of that word and keep it stuck right there, as Matt said, hung around your neck. But I've got it. And that's not natural to Brian. Like, like, there's some scripture I can quote to you. But I can't quote the whole book to you. So if I said the scripture says you need to be a doer of the word, we usually just take that as an encouragement to I just need to be better at living for the Lord. And that's really honestly not enough. Matter of fact, you can't define to me what living for the Lord means. Because it's very complicated. It's very complex. We have, for whatever reason, God has been taking us on a journey. Uh, we talked about last Wednesday night about how hungry people hunger, and so they fill themselves up with stuff. And then Brother Mike preached uh, Sunday morning about you either live for the flesh or you live for the spirit. And all that's 100% accurate. But we need to get to the point as, as Christians to understanding what does it actually mean when I say Live in the Spirit. Be a doer of the Word. What does that mean? Y'all defined it. But did we get to the end of it? Did we define what it means to be a doer of the Word? No, there's no way. Because to be a doer of the Word, I must be diligently in the Word. And I'm not going to get to the end of it. So look, it says, get into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. He being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. In order for you to act as a Christian ought to act, your first focus is to be in his word. That's really the honest truth. To be a Christian who can respond in a Christian mind, a Christian attitude. To be a Christian who can walk in the Spirit, as, as big a terminology as that is. To be a Christian who can be sensitive 
When God speaks into your life and you respond to it, the only way that happens is if you're constantly in the Word. That's all that happens. It says that if you do this and you stay continually therein, then he being not a forgetful hearer. Did y'all see that? It didn't say that he, he just didn't forget. It says he became somebody who did not forget. So, uh, my family has become a little bit of a Trekkie. Uh, you know about Star Trek. And Ansley is the biggest Trekkie of us all. We've been watching the whole series. Hard to find good things on TV these days, so we went back in time. Now, she watches it probably more than anybody in this room does, which means she also can quote lines from it. She can speak it. She got a t-shirt I saw that her grandmother made for her that says something about being a Klingon on it. Why? But listen to me. This is really, this is really good as a Christian. She really is a tricky. How do I know that? Because she responds in it. She acts in it. She talks about it. She thinks about it. She wears clothes with it on. Because she spends time in it. A lot of time. As a Christian, there is no way in this world that you'll be caught being a doer unless you're continually in it to know what to do. Otherwise, we could come in this church house and y'all can hear good preaching and listen and listen carefully and go out in the world and it not change your life. And it's not because you have... Uh, bad intentions. Not because you mean to forget about it. Not because you didn't care about what was said. But you wasn't in it continually. It takes the continuation of being in this word for it to begin to permeate our lives. In other words, I'm more likely to respond in a godly manner if the things that I put in my mind are godly things. Now that's pretty simple. And as long as y'all been in this church house and you've heard me preach or heard other people preach, you've heard these things said to you. You ought to read your Bible. You ought to pray. You ought to set a time to pray. You ought to, you've heard this. We, we know this. But it really takes a saturation of the word to transform us into a Christian who will respond in the way a Christian ought to. So think about that. It takes saturation. I thought about, you know, getting a sponge and holding it over Jeremy's head and taking a glass pitcher and begin pouring it onto the sponge. You know what I'm talking about? It wouldn't drip on him to begin with. It wouldn't impact him and it wouldn't influence him because it wasn't full. But if I kept pouring water into the sponge until it becomes saturated, are y'all with me? Eventually, it's going to drip and it's going to get on somebody else because they're because it had become saturated. 
So think about the things in your life that are pouring into you and what really saturates your life the most. Then I'm talking about to be a doer of the word, there has to be so much word in me that I don't miss the opportunities, that I don't miss living it out. It's saturated into my life. So, I don't know if it's who this is for. I don't, I don't know why. But does anybody remember all the three verses that he read to us? Anybody remember all three of them? Colossians. Don't no, 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 looking at notes and no cheating. I got notes. Uh huh. Did y'all realize how quickly that happened? Like he read just, just minutes ago. And automatically it's. I kind of know where he's at. I can go back and look. I can probably find it. But how quickly it leaves our minds. Y'all see how that happened? We must be saturated with the word in order to be impactful to the world around us. That doesn't mean that you have to have this Bible memorized. Although I think memorizing scripture do you some good. I think memorizing scripture is a healthy Christian walk and attitude because it will help keep it in your in the forefront of your mind. But but I am saying that if you will meditate on the word, it will transform your life until you're saturated. And you begin to drip on other people. Which is what we want as Christians. And I've thought about my job, my career. And the things that I do, and we deal with difficult things. And it seems like some days, I'm just talking about difficult things. Where did the Lord get into all that? Some days, I get Him in included. I get Him involved. Today, there was a good bit of conversation I got to have about God and who He is with somebody else in the workplace. And I was thankful for the opportunity. But... If we're saturated with other things of this world, that's what's going to come out. And so when it says, be a doer of the word, you got to first know the word. And that's the key to that. You just got to know the word. It's that simple. So there's a challenge for you. Uh, anybody else got anything you need to do? So, so I would just say this. Don't start, don't, don't start by, well, I'm just going to read the word every moment of every, don't do that. Because one, you'll let yourself down and you'll find yourself fail. But I will encourage you, try to find a specific time during the day, every day, to read some scripture and to meditate on it. Not just to read it, 
but to meditate on it. Maybe talk about it to somebody in your house. Like, hey, this this verse, I've just been reading it, and I'm just really digging into it, wanting to know what it means. You'll find something new that you didn't know was there, and it will begin to really come out of your life. Meditate on the Word. Scripture's very clear about that. Uh, Matt mentioned that hanging around the neck. The frontlets that they wore, the phylacteries, there's different words in the scripture. They literally put the little tiny scrolls and would strap it on this box on their forehead or maybe around their, what was it, arms, wrists, somewhere else. I can't remember. Why. I can't remember. Where? Arms. Forehead and arms. I thought there was another place. It, it was a reminder to them. Baby's talk. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I just encourage you to try to saturate yourself a little bit more. Maybe just a little bit more. Maybe replace one little thing. Take take this time and replace that in your life. And, and read that word more. Um, it'll, like Josh said, to put your earbuds in and listen to the word of God. Make that extra time, you know. Driving to work instead of listening to music or radio talk show host or someone, listen to the word or, or put something in that will be inspirational to you. The more we saturate ourselves with that word, the more it's going to come out. It honestly, the sponge I think is such a good picture because the sponge is just a sponge, and that's really all we are. I did want to point out that that scripture at the end didn't focus on the doer, focused on the word. So we're just sponges. Let the word do the work. If I just soak it up and then I can squeeze it out on somebody else, I don't have to change their life. The word will. I don't have to have the answers for them. The word will. And so. That's what I had all I want to share with tonight. Anybody else got anything you need to do or say? I just thought how we go to our jobs and we put everything we have into that job because we know that by doing that job and doing it right, there's a reward for that. Right. We get a paycheck. <coughs> and the reward for knowing the word is a whole lot greater than that paycheck could ever be. And it's kind of like, you know, why do we not right. do that? Yeah. I mean, we we do the job and get the check because we know we have to. Mm -hmm. But why do we not understand that that's something that we need just as bad yeah, right. or more? You're right. But yet we push it aside. Yeah. And I'm preaching to myself. Mm -hmm. That's something I need to practice more, a lot more. Sometimes that flesh is just a little loud. Flesh is louder than the spirit. The flesh is louder. It's something you need to learn. The flesh is louder than the spirit. And so you have to learn to silence the flesh to listen to the spirit. And we're all the same boat. All of us. All of us have had times probably have more times than we'd like to share 
where we focused on the things of this world rather than the things of above. talk about how we treat other people. Um, I believe the Bible's got a really good story about uh, a, a servant who owed his master a good bit of money, and the master forgave him that great sum of money, but then the servant wouldn't forgive the debt that this other man owed him. And, and then it's, and the scripture goes on and says, and then the master found out and he threw that man in prison. because He said, look, I forgave you so much. And you're unwilling to forgive this man just a little. Of course, the lesson for us is God's forgiven us of so much. Yet we'll treat other people. Well, I think about that. We'll treat other people as if we're better than they are. Those people that he loves just as much. Well, we won't act that way if we're saturated in the Word. But it takes being saturated in the Word. Got to squash that flesh. Kisha mentioned the stroke. Oh my gosh, the strolling. Be careful. Y'all y'all just be careful. It is a trap. It is a trap. I'm not saying Facebook itself is inherently evil. Or any other social media. Um, I did learn that uh, you know when you when you seen it off, so you gotta pull down and hold it a minute 
And let that little thing spin to refresh. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Pull, drag it down and hold it just a second and then let it go. The gentleman who created that wanted the action of the slot machine. That's the same thing. He's given that same feeling because people get on that lever on the slot machine. That's what he was trying to duplicate. The world, we mentioned this last one, the world is trying to saturate us. The devil's trying to saturate us. And their, their agenda, I mean, everywhere I look, like this, this whole transgender thing, it's fixing to be in your face. Y'all like we've not seen. I'm not a prophet. I'm just, I've watched the devil work. And it's fixing to be in your face. It's going to saturate our minds with it. So, anybody else? I recently started working with a gentleman uh, happens to be a minister himself. And I was, I was talking to Levi about it. I said, I look forward to the conversations that we're going to have. Mm -hmm. This week, me and him already had a couple conversations about it. But uh, it's, it's good to talk to each other about the Word. Yeah. You know, most... A lost person would dread the fact that they had to had to sit in the room with somebody that just wanted to talk Bible all the time. Yeah. But if you're saved, you know, you're going to be excited about oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I told Levi, I said, I can't, I can't wait to get down there. Conversations I know yeah. that we'll have yeah. uh, about about God's word and just uh, it's good that Amen. when you get you know so, someone can be in a different place than you're at. Uh, fighting something that you ain't fought yet. Uh, God's got them on a different path yeah. than you are. Uh, it's it's so good for us. I, I believe that God, you, uh, your personal relationship with God, everybody's in a different place, different times, mm -hmm. and it's good. You know, if you if you sit there and you talk to each other about the Word, and you say, "Well, uh, I went through that one time, and this is what the Lord did for me," and you know. It uplifts. Not only does it fill you full of God and His Scripture, but it fills other people up as well. That's right. Uh, I, I remember when I was when I was lost. I didn't want to hear people talk about the Word because all it done was convict me. Mm -hmm. But now, as a saved man, that's a, I love it. Mm -hmm. I love to hear it. And we should all not be embarrassed to talk about the Word. Amen. Uh, it, it applies to every aspect of your life, anywhere you're at. Amen. Anybody else? So you've been given the, the, the word. Now what will we do with it? That's what the word tells us to do. Now what do we do with it? And so that's up to you. You can walk out that door and forget everything that's been said. Go to work tomorrow and you can forget everything the Lord wants to teach you. Or maybe pick those verses back up. Maybe go to the book of Ecclesiastes and look in that last chapter where he says, let me sum it all up for you. And begin to read that word. Maybe start at the beginning and look at that how that 
is developed and he sought all those vanity on vanities. Just all the things he sought after. Maybe turn the book of Colossians. That's one in. I dig into the word. What does it ask me to be? What does it tell me to be? You just might find that once you're saturated, just don't just can't stay in. It begins to leak out. And love people. Get your head wedged in. Maybe we should do it soon so everybody else can see. Play with a good metaphor. Make a motion.